Because that's one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. I can't snap. It's a talent I don't have. Yeah, I can only snap with my right hand, and apparently I do it incorrectly because it's supposed to be a thumb ring finger thing. I guess I do it with my my thumb and my um pointer finger. I was like, "What's that boy called?" Pointer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the snap police are not going to come after you. Index finger. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Love Drunk. We are here today with a very special guest. Um, I have actually known her for a very long time. I have known her for my whole life because it is my sister. Wah, 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 wah. It's my sister, Christine. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine. This is Christine York. We are recording Love Drunk together. Um, I am actually currently home in the great state of Texas, and we're we're going to record Love Drunk while I'm here. We're going to talk about love and sex and relationships and... All that good stuff. This is my first time recording a podcast, and I just realized that I waved at the microphone when I was saying hi. <laughs> well, we're off to a bang-up start. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do all kinds of silly things that you cannot see, um, and then also a lot of guests do that. There are times when people just give me looks, or they even... I once had Trey Curtis. We we unfortunately lost his episode, but uh, <laughs> pour one out for all the episodes we've lost <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Um, but there was a point where he actually stood up and started walking around, and I was like, Trey is standing up and walking around right now. Um, so here on Love Drug, we do allow the guests to pick the poison, and anything is on the table, except for... Gin! <gasps> That's right! We do not drink gin here on Love Drunk. If you would like to drink gin on a podcast, then start your own podcast. It's that simple, my friends. Christine, what are we drinking? We are drinking, uh, margaritas. And we didn't even make them. They came straight out of a bottle. My God, what a time to be alive. Has science gone too far? Uh, no, no. <laughs> In this podcast, we will be discussing the science of alcohol. Well, that's, and we, just so everyone knows, we did not go into the liquor store thinking we're just going to get one bottle of margaritas. We were, we were going to get the margarita mix and then mix it with the tequila, we were going to do that step. We weren't going to get the tequila and the triple sec and the lime juice because who has time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. And you know why? It's I completely forgot that you cannot get liquor from the grocery store here. Even though I grew up in this city or around this city. Fucking Texas. Yeah, fucking Texas. Hey, clink, cheers away from the mic for fucking Texas liquor stores. Absolutely. Excuse me. Ridiculous. Also, the liquor's more expensive. Highway robbery, I say. I want to walk into a CVS and buy a handle of tequila if I so feel like it, because that is my right as an American citizen. Mm -hmm. They have still canned oxygen at the liquor store here, though. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Not it's sure I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, you get the little can of oxygen and you just, you're supposed to, like, just snip it or something. I'm like, am I doing whippets here? What is going on? <laughs> Oh my god, is it just, I didn't see that. Is no, it I just, have to show it to you. It's pure oxygen. Yeah, I can't get it to work. Maybe you can show me. You, you think, I've been breathing for 28 years, you, and yet. You could, you you would think that you'd be able to figure it out. I don't know. I did whippets once. It was crazy. I did it in the back of a moving vehicle, which was a bad move on my part. But it was, I was with a friend, and I was like, what's this can of air doing in your back seat? And he goes, uh, cover your mouth with your shirt and just inhale. And I was like, what? And he goes, it's, it's a whippet. And I was like, I don't, 
okay, whatever, because I was young and dumb, so I was willing to do anything, and then I inhaled it, and my whole world spun upside down for a solid 30 seconds as we sped along South Lake Boulevard, and I was like, wow, and I never did whippets again, but. I think I heard this on Reddit, that it's like, when women ask you to say, you know, they hand you something, say, smell this, it's usually because it smells nice. Mm -hmm. When guys do it, it's either because it smells bad, or it's going to get you high. That's very true. I have a nine-year-old nephew, he's on the cusp of both, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's, it's funny because Chris is the, um, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, it's the second time I've made that joke because I've known her my whole life. She's my older sister. Mm -hmm. She is three years and three months older than me. So you've known me your entire life, but I have not known you my entire life. Question though. I know that's a joke. Do you remember a time before I was alive? Serious question. I know that that's such a spoiled thing to ask, but I'm, I I was actually thinking about that last um, night. Because I don't know how far back your memory goes. I think I remember mom telling me that she was going to have another baby. Okay. That, I think that's as far back as it goes. And I do also remember visiting you and mom in the hospital right mm-hmm. after you were born. At least I think I remember that. Maybe I just dreamed it. I don't Maybe. know. Well, and you also, you know, we know the story. And I brought presents. She's because she's a cool little sister, and you know, being a big sister is an important responsibility. I had a ribbon. Okay, I had a ribbon. She did. Can confirm. Saw the home video. She had a, a ribbon that was pink, and it said "Big Sister." And I brought yeah. So so that happened when you were born. Mom got toys or got uh, uh, Stephen got like a hockey stick and a hockey puck. It was like the baby brought these for you. And when you're a kid, you're stupid, so you don't know anything, and you're like, oh my gosh. My sibling was so considerate to think of me. And then the same thing happened when I was born. Steven and Chris both got, um, I don't even, I, yeah, I, no, I've mentioned my siblings on this podcast before, but, uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. One of them is sitting right next to me. The other one is sitting on the other side of the door. <laughs> Further than that, he's not just sitting against the door, but he's, he's in the living room right now. He's but watching wrestling. He's Speaking watching of which, wrestling. Ronda Rousey, please call me. <laughs> We're getting right into it. We are getting right into it. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, that actually brings up a good point. Hmm. I don't know how to, (laughs) we had this full long conversation beforehand about like, Chris, how would you like to bring this up? But would you just like to go ahead and say, uh, I'm 28 years old and I love the ladies. Yes. She is gay. She is, she is, she is a lesbian Mm -hmm. for sure. You came out about 10 years ago, I'd say? Yeah, I was one of those late bloomers that didn't come out until college. Um, I think I was about 18, 19. So yeah, when people are always talking about their coming out stories and they're like, oh, I knew when I was in junior high. Oh, I knew I was in kindergarten. And I'm like, I knew when I was in college. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I did that. My my voice doesn't sound like that. (laughs) It has never sounded like that ever. Um, yeah, well, I don't, do you think that that's, like, a generational thing? Do you think that people are just more, like, people talk about it more, and they're more aware of things, and that's why people are coming out earlier, or is it... Maybe, and, uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into the politics of transgender children, but I am saying that it's interesting that you have kids that are openly identifying as transgender when they're, you know, 10, 8, Mm -hmm. 7, you know, year, year... And I can't count. Okay. Um, (laughs) But the point is that kids are coming out earlier and earlier. And I think that another difference and something I was actually thinking about the other day is that when I was a kid, there really weren't any positive um, depictions of lesbians in media. Mm-hmm. I mean, in sitcoms, they were mostly just a joke, or if anything, it was kind of the creepy predatory lesbian jokes in yeah. cartoons and stuff. 
So, I mean, we don't have, we didn't really have back in the 90s and maybe in the early 2000s, we really didn't have positive depictions of this. So it was almost like I didn't realize that was an option. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, well, at some point I'll stop thinking boys are annoying and smelly and I'll start, you know, when I'll find one that I like enough. And then uh, that didn't happen. That just, that didn't happen. And finally, you know, when I was about 19, I had to, had to open up the Christine schematic and figure out why these relationships weren't working. Yeah. Well, it was so funny because as someone who was on the outside of all of your relationships with men, mom and I would say things like you, you would date a guy and we'd say something like, Oh, this guy is really great. I think he's really good for her. Um, I think that they're going to make a great couple. And then Chris would show up and be like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. And mom and I would be like, why, why is she not feeling? I don't understand. I think this person is so compatible with her. She's friends with him. He's very nice to her, blah, blah, blah. And then Chris came out to me and, you know, a little embarrassing. But the first words out of my mouth were, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because it was like the last puzzle piece where I was like, oh, that's why you don't like these boys. Because you can't. You just can't. Yeah, when I was that age, I actually met a bunch of guys that would have been really, really great with me. So mm-hmm. maybe that actually helped. Like, okay, well, if I can't love this guy and I can't love this guy, then I don't think the men are the way for me. See, and that's that's a joke that people use a lot, I feel like, in, in media. And not so much anymore, but I feel like especially when we were younger, it was always the... You're so amazing. If I can't make it work for you, then I can't. Or if I can't make it work with you, then I can't make it work with anybody. But I maybe that's maybe there's some truth to that. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you look at someone and you think, hey, that was a whole plot line on Degrassi, wasn't it? Ellie and Marco and and he's like, I can't be who you want, and she's like, can't or won't, and it's like drama and stuff. And yeah, I think that. Uh... Degrassi is a little bit of an unrealistic <laughs> depiction of, well, pretty much anything, yeah, anything that touched turns to drama, that but the point is true. that, yeah, we do see a lot of that, but I think that it kind of shows how many, you know, it just shows all these kids, you know, at age 14, 15, be like, yes, I know my sexuality. Not everybody does. Yeah. So I guess the big thing I want to tell people is if you're listening to this and you're not sure, it's okay. Just, you know, do what you want to do, and if you want to identify one way but then another time you find a label that you think works better for you then it's okay you're not turning your back on one community um you know you might you might be gay you might be bisexual uh, compulsory heterosexuality is one hell of a drug you know i'm not going to get into that charlotte's shaking her head at me right now Uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding no she's not um i was and it's funny because in my head i was like oh we'll get to it we'll get to it later Mm -hmm. once we are more drinks in Mm -hmm. and you know more and more people are identifying as er aromantic er um asexual now if you don't want to be in a romantic relationship or have sex with anybody that's cool just do what you want to do you know i do have um i do have one friend in particular that comes to mind that she just, depending on the day, will identify as something. She'll be like, well, because I'm gay. And then sh- the next day she'll be like, yeah, and then like, because I'm bisexual, blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know what? I don't question it. I just kind of go with it because who cares? Why does it matter to me? It does not at all. As long as she is happy and dating people she wants to date. Um, and that's the biggest thing is I feel like a lot of times, uh, because we are the center of our own reality, I feel like everybody else's behaviors, um, you kind of take them on to affect you and you try to control them in a way that you can understand them. But, you know, there are some people you'll never understand and that's fine. Maybe they'll never understand themselves. 
Who knows? We're all just on this giant floating rock that's spinning around a flaming ball of gas, and it's just, it's crazy up here. <laughs> gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I actually, so I have, um, so Chris and I, our sisters, I have mentioned that before, and not just from the emotional, um, loving side of things. We are actually related. We have the same mother and the same father. Go us. High five. Not that it's bad to have half siblings. I'm just saying we did it. Um, mm-hmm. so I, so we are, neither of us are in relationships. Neither of us have been like super successful when it comes to love. And I, I've determined there might be three causing factors, um, and I'm going to ask you which one you think is, like, the most likely. Um, so there's, the first one is, um, we were emotionally scarred by watching our dad die slowly. So there, that's one of those things where that could just, you know, be, um, a serious reason. Uh, the other one is that we did not repost any MySpace chain letters. Ooh. That's a big one. That's the one I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and then the third one is that mom and dad stole all the relationship magic and did not leave any for us. Um, don't forget Uncle Ox and Uncle Joe. I think that with their powers combined, yes, they stole oh all the relationship God. magic in our family. I did not even think about Uncle Alex and Uncle Joe. Speaking of gay, we have gay uncles. Mm-hmm. We great uncle, great uncles. Yes, um, grandma's brother. Yes, our grandma's brother, our mom's uncle, is gay and has been with his husband since mom said uh, it was like right around the time that daddy graduated law school. So that was before any of us were born, like mid eighties. Yeah, and Stephen. Yeah, and Stephen's thirty, and uh, yeah, Stephen's thirty, and daddy graduated. years before Stephen was born so over 30 years um and then I have also told the story of my parents um our parents on this podcast before as well to where they got engaged when they were 18 and then stayed together until our dad passed away so yeah I didn't even think about Uncle Alex and Uncle Joe they definitely also stole the relationship magic they act like newlyweds if you saw their pictures on Facebook it's like get a room Ooh. Burp. First burp of the episode. This will is, not be the last. Yeah, will not be the last. This is some kind of crazy magic that they've gotten going on in these these here margaritas. They're good. <laughs> they are very good. They have a couple of different flavors. I would be interested in trying them out. Nikki tried to get me to um, take some Patron. Not Patron. Yeah, no, Patron. She wanted me to take some Patron with her. She's like, or with me when I left today. She's like, ooh, you got mix up margaritas you should probably go ahead and take this and I was like well I'm not gonna add more we don't have any mix and there's already mix in here well um I guess this brings me I always use the royal we when I'm talking in this podcast which makes no sense because it's me it's all me (laughs) I edit it I (laughs) I think of the questions I (laughs) record I edit I post I do everything So that brings me, just me, to my first question, which is, Christine York, do you believe in love? Yes. You do? I do. I do believe that there are many different kinds of love, though. So are we specifically, what what kind of love are we talking about? Okay, well, let's talk, first, first, do you believe in romantic love? Yes, of course. Okay. Why? Have you always, have you been the kind of person that kind of looked out into the world and thought there is going to be someone for me someday. Yeah. I mean, even back before I knew I was gay, I, mm-hmm. I always thought that I was going to find someone someday. Yeah. To have a family with, to spend my life with. I think a lot of people want that. Yeah. 
so now that you bring up many different types of love, what do you think that romantic love is like the end all be all for people? Do you think that that's the end game for everyone? Not for everyone. I know a lot of people, you know, aren't interested in that kind of relationship. A lot of people are interested in romantic relationships with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. I really hate the phrase just friends. Okay. As in, you know, oh, we're not dating, we're just friends. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time with your friendship, there's nothing just about it. I have friends that I care very deeply about. And I would mm-hmm. never, you know, say, oh, well, they're not as important to me because we're not dating. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I without getting into detail, because I don't want to make a fuss, I lost uh-huh. a very dear friend recently. And, you know, uh-huh. I wouldn't ever want people to think, well, you know, it's not like they were dating. Well, no, but he and I were very good friends. We, yeah. um, you know, he was like a brother to me. And that's another phrase that people want to say, oh, well, I'm like a brother to her. Yeah, but when I say that, it means that I really, really love you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I do believe in romantic love, but I don't think that it has to be the be-all, end-all. I think that there are different ways you can love people. Yeah, and I think that, um, I think that I'm, I'm very into platonic love, which I've mentioned before on this podcast, which is something that I don't think that I cherished nearly as much before I got to college and I became friends with a lot of really, really amazing guys. And I always had, like, Al, who was my friend for a very, very long time and I always loved and appreciated him, but I, I, I was always very girl-heavy in the friendships. Did you, do you find that you were the same way in high school? You were more focused on, like, female friendships than co-ed friendships, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, though I do wonder how much of it was misdirected attraction. That's another thing you will look at as you're, you know, if you come out later in life and you think about it and you're like, oh, that one friend, actually, I think I might have had a crush on her. Actually, I think I definitely had a crush on her. That's really interesting. Do you... I wonder if she's still single. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's straight. It's cool. Yeah, but um, I think I've heard you say that about a couple of your mm-hmm. of your friends, who you're, you know, still friends with, not mm-hmm. not that they're completely out of your life, but, um, but that's so... Wow, that's just so interesting to me. And especially what... I think that it really, really bugs me... As, you know, a heterosexual who has very little to complain about, um, <laughs> I, I think that it super, super bugs me because there are times when I talk about my male friends that I am very close to and I feel pressure from people or, you know, I, I feel like people are trying to push me in a certain direction or I tell a story and someone is automatically in their brain. Like, I always have to specify if my friends are gay, which is stupid, and I don't want to do that, and I don't want to feel like I have to do that, but, you know, if I talk about, like, oh, I hung out with my friend, and he had an extra bed in his hotel room, and, like, we hung out this weekend, I'm like, yes, my friend who has a boyfriend, and he is very happy with him, and is probably gonna get engaged soon. I don't like that. I don't like that I have to qualify our friendship by saying, like, oh, it's never going to happen because I feel like a lot of times, um, especially if you are a woman talking about a, a friend, if you are a straight woman talking about your friendship with a straight man, a lot of people just automatically assume like, oh, you two are going to get together. Or, oh, there are feelings there. Or, oh, blah, 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 mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And it sucks. It's stupid. Why do we do that? I don't know. I don't know. Why do we have this idea that you can't be friends with someone of the opposite sex without there being romance? I mean... 
for heaven's sake, I'm gay. There's, if I was um, having, you know, feelings for every one of my friends that I could be attracted to, mm-hmm. I'd, you know, probably be a weird experience. It, uh, it's just so strange, and I'm, and you know, maybe sometimes there are feelings between people, and and I have heard stories of people who started out as friends, and then it turned into something more. And that's totally cool. That's that's a really awesome. If you find someone that you're really genuinely friends with, and you realize that you know you actually have romantic feelings, that'd mm-hmm. be awesome. I would love to have something like that. But also, it's unfair to to make people qualify their friendship by saying like oh well I could never date this person for this this and this reason or oh you don't understand this is why I'm never going to be with this person why just let us be friends don't make weird comments don't make these assumptions it's stupid it is dumb and stupid and bad mm-hmm. it's bad wrong it's badong <laughs> what's that from Kung, Kung Pao Into the Fist yes, greatest freaking movie ever and if you disagree I will fight you <laughs> Well, I will fight you like the chosen one. I have not seen that movie in years. Me neither. It's probably not as good as we remember it. No. We no. were very young when we saw it. I was 12. I thought it was the height of hilarity. I uh, thought it was the height of hilarity. Okay, so- if you haven't seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist, once this podcast is over, I need you to go watch it and then report your findings back to us in exactly. the comments. We, we're busy. We don't have time to go and watch it, so you need to be our eyes and ears on the ground. <laughs> you need to let us know if it's very like racially insensitive, because it 100% is. Oh, I already bad. know this. It's already bad. It's not, it's not an ideal situation. I had a question, and I was going to ask it to you, and I can't remember what it was. Um, so instead, I'm going to talk to you. I want you to tell the story of the mascara, because I think that that's a funny story. Oh, okay. Um, the mascara. So in my family, Charlotte and I didn't have to buy mascara for, like, what, five years? I want to say it was, like, five or six years. It mm-hmm. was a ridiculously long time to not have to buy mascara. For people who... Wore makeup. I, I'll say I wore it regularly at the time. I don't know if you were wearing it regularly. Eh, or... Occasionally. Yeah. Maybe I was a, a couple times a week. I was for sure a, a mascara having mm-hmm. binge. Okay. Well, there was this girl that I liked in college. We, um, we actually met at the UNT uh, Gay Straight Alliance. You know, we talked a little bit, kind of hit it off, um, ended up going to a New Year's party, not together, but, you know, meeting up with each other. We hung out a couple times, uh, you know, there was some smooches and all that. Uh, love the smooches. Mm-hmm. And she was in this marketing program at school. I'm not, I'm not sure if I remember it correctly. I'm not 100% on this. And also I have been drinking. So please <laughs> forgive me if I get some of the details wrong. Can confirm. But the point is that, as, mm-hmm, the point is that she was in this program where she had to give out samples for Procter & Gamble. And I think that's their name. Procter & Gamble. Does that sound right? I've never they're the parent that company that Okay. They're the parent company that own a ton of other things, including CoverGirl. Do they own Johnson & Johnson? Or is no, that Johnson & Johnson's another That's, that's the Johnson & Johnson company. God, I'm so stupid. Oh, Charlotte, why? <laughs> anyway, so she had to give out all these free samples. So I was one time, you know, was at, at the New Year's party. I was sleeping over at her house. Not, I was sleeping on the couch. Ca- I was sleeping Ay. on the couch. Sorry. <laughs> on the couch. You, you take that yay back. <laughs> <laughs> to do the opposite of a but it just sounded like an upset cow Mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to cut that out. That's going to well, be sa- in there. Anyway, so she said that she had this these uh, free samples that she was giving out. She asked if I wanted any. And I said, well, what do you have? And she said, well, I've got makeup and shampoo and conditioner. And I said, sure, I'll take some. She hands me this plastic grocery bag bulging, like literally bulging with makeup and shampoo and conditioner. So in there, there were like, I don't know, maybe 30 things of CoverGirl Lash Blast Mascara. It was the purple one. like The one, the, in the super thick, premium one. Yes, the, the one in the thick purple tube that was like, I want to say maybe 6 to $8 in mm-hmm. stores. Which was the mascara that, I think I was using the orange one at the time. Because CoverGirl had one that was for length and one that was for volume, and the purple one was for both. Yes. So I I came home that night with, like, a grocery bag full of mascara. And so Charlotte and I did not have to buy mascara for about five years. It was, I'm not kidding, It was a simpler time. It was a better time. (laughs) You think we're kidding? Guys, five years of not having to buy mascara. And it was, and so mom wasn't ever able to use it because our mom is allergic to the color purple. (laughs) (laughs) Not that lesbian romance novel, but. Is that a lesbian romance? There's a lesbian relationship in it. I wouldn't call it a lesbian oh, relation- oh, romance novel. It's being facetious. Fine. At least I think so. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll I'll look it up. If, if we'll, you're we'll... listening to this, please go and look up the color purple and then report back on your findings, please. We're busy. We have things to do. You are going to be our eyes and ears on the ground once again. Two assignments: Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, and <laughs> the color purple. <laughs> I'm going to dream of both of those together. It's going to be really weird. It's going to be a weird combination. Oh, my God. But our mom is allergic to um, purple dyes. And we think that that extends to packaging that has purple dye in it. Because every time she would put, like, purple eyeshadow on, her eyes would swell up. And the same thing would happen with the mascara. So we didn't have to share it. A hey, sucker. <laughs> Boom. So, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, that girl and I ended up not seeing each other. She said that she didn't feel like we were right for each other, which, I don't know. I a thought, fool. You she know was what? a fool. It just, it was a bad experience, but, you know, I got five years worth of mascara out of it, Truly. so no one can tell me that it was a waste of time. Honestly, that is better than anything I have gotten from any man I have ever dated, ever, mm-hmm. in my life. Except maybe this podcast. I don't know. That inspired a lot of, like, a lot of my experiences have inspired this podcast. And I, you know how I love to talk about my feelings. But yeah, we had, and guys, it continued until I was away at college. And I would come home and say, Chris, I'm running out of mascara. And she'd pull out the giant mascara tub. And this was, understand, these were tubes that were still in the packaging, hadn't been opened. Had the CoverGirl packaging. Had not been exposed to air. So, you know, I know a lot of people are like, this crusty-ass mascara. No, like, it was brand new every time we got it. And it was crazy. I had it, I had that mascara until I graduated college. And I was, I think, maybe a, a junior in high school when this was going on, if I remember correctly. So, I, <laughs> this was a great deal. We had so much mascara. Um, also, the very funny thing about that particular story is that New Year's that you hung out with her, um, you came home and you were talking about, I think you had gone to a party and like mm-hmm. that's where y'all had met up and then you ended up hanging out with her and smooching. Um, but you were talking about how you had been drinking and I had also been drinking, but I couldn't talk about how I was drinking because I was still in high school and under the age of 21 and that was not something I ever talked about with our Mom. So. Bum bum bum. Dun dun dun. 
yeah. Did you did you start drinking? When did you start drinking? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm never, I'm like one of those people that's like hypersensitive to bitter flavors. Charlotte can tell you I don't, there's a lot of foods I don't eat because I can't stand the taste of them. Yes. Um, so alcohol really didn't interest you that much until, you know, until I was about 21 and I could really, you know, get good alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, but I think I would, I would imbibe, you know, occasionally between yeah. the ages of 18 and 21. And I think maybe, eh, you know, I just didn't party. I didn't drink a lot. I think when I was in high school, I had so many things on my mind in this idea that I had to be super responsible all the time and always set a really good example. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess I got a late start on drinking too. Well, I got a pretty early start. I think I started drinking when I was about 16. And I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it affected me one way or another. Mm-hmm. I met so many people that didn't drink until they got to college and mm-hmm. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. I I knew people who didn't drink until they turned 21 and I know people that still don't drink and it's I know plenty of people who don't drink whether it's cuz they're on medication that would interact mm-hmm. improperly with it or people who just don't care to. Yeah. That's fine, you know. And then I've met people who started out as not drinking and saying this isn't for me and then deciding that they did want to drink and mm-hmm. drinking responsibly, you know? So uh, I don't super think that it affects anyone in any I mean, not, it affects some people in a particular way, and and there are people, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times there's a misconception that you're too young to be an alcoholic, but I I don't think that that is accurate at all. I think that you can be an alcoholic, you can be an addict at any age. Pretty much. Let's stop, break, let's break that stigma. Yeah. It's okay. Get Mm -hmm. the help you need, please. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I, I started drinking earlier. But I always just thought it was so weird when people talked about drinking with their parents, like when they were teenagers. I was very weirded out by that. Like mm-hmm. it was because I because we were never we never were like, oh, my mom's my best friend. We're like, my mom is my mom. Like, yeah, <laughs> she brought us into this world. And she will take us out of it. She will take us out of it. And then also we, you know, just a weird. Like I said before, the whole question about why we're we haven't been successful in relationships, like that was a joke. But also, um, like we did have a terminally ill father. Um, so, you know, we had a lot of stuff going on for a while. Yeah, I think when I was in high school, I had a lot of trouble relating to people my own age because Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I was one of those shitty 15-year-olds who thought they knew everything and was like, no one understands the depth of my pain Uh and all that. And, you know, now I'm 28 years old and I have a doll collection and I play video games, Bravely Mm -hmm. Second, and just playing that really awesome, not quite as good as Bravely Default, but, you know, we're the sequel. Okay. The point is that... You know, now that I'm an adult, I realize that I can define what adulthood means to me. And it's like, I go to work, I pay my taxes, I, you know, I do everything I need to do. Mm-hmm. So if I want to buy a $20 doll, then, you know, that's that's my money. I can do that. So would you, if you um, dated someone, would you want them to be, like, in on the video game doll collecting game? Or would you want that to be kind of, like, your thing? Um, It's okay if they're not as into it as I am, as long as they're like, oh, this is stupid. This doll collection's creepy. It's like, well, you better get the hell out of here because the dolls were here before you were. You know, I I think that I would need to be with someone who has similar interests because I think I would probably drive someone crazy if I didn't. It's like, you have if you're going to date me, you have to love cats because I've got two cats and they like, they're my babies. Yeah, that is So if someone, if someone told me that they didn't like cats, I would ask them politely but firmly to get the hell out of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, but I, I sometimes worry about the whole, you know, embracing childhood things and, you know, being playful. I mean, I'm going to be honest. One of my dreams, and people think I'm joking when I say this, but I kind of want to get married at Disneyland or Disney World. Probably Disneyland. I feel like the humidity mm. in Florida would be awful. Please don't make us, don't, don't make us go to Disney World. Okay, yes, so Disneyland. But I think it would be really cool to have a Disneyland wedding and to, you know, actually get married in front of the castle and do the whole princesses they, ceremony. They do that, right? Yeah, and they actually do it for same-sex couples, too. Apparently they have Aww. done ceremonies like that even before it, they were legally recognized. You could still, you know, do everything and it would be, you know, marriage and name only. That is awesome. Yeah, you can Not have... the whole marriage and name only thing. The fact that they'd still do it even yeah, if it wasn't I... legally recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously I've looked into this, but, um, you know, you dress up and you're king and king or queen and queen, and, you know, I always thought it would be fun to, you know, do that, and then we take our, you know, our post-wedding photos on Splash Mountain. (laughs) Everyone gets on Splash Mountain. Even Or the Tower of Terror. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh my gosh. See, because I would have to do it. Chris has been trying to get me on. Well, now it's, it's, um, it's escape from whatever the fuck, Guardians of the Galaxy. God damn it, we're going to have to go to Florida. Yeah. Wait, do they still have Tower of Terror? Do they still have Tower of Terror in Florida? Yes, they do. That's dumb. Why did they change one and not the other? I don't know. Not that I'm supporting them changing them both. I'm just wondering. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then, I, I will, we will shake, we will shake on it. I will go on Tower of Terror. Slash whatever Guardians of the Galaxy bullshit. If I do a Disney wedding. If you do a Disney wedding, I will go on it. Chris has been trying to get me on that ride for years, and Mm -hmm. I have never wanted to do it because my least favorite thing about roller coasters is the feeling when you're out of your seat. Um, and that's all that <laughs> pretty much. That's is. just that's it. That's all it is. I don't want to do it. What it I love telling me. people about that ride is that when you fall, you're not just free falling. There's a cable pulling you. You're falling faster than a free fall. <laughs> I'm seriously getting like so. I'm getting stressed out just mm-hmm. thinking about it. Um, we went to the last, and it was it was Tower of Terror. So mm-hmm. um, I guess it was the last time we were at California Adventure all together. You, me, and Mom. We went all the way up to the top of the tower with her, and then we we took the chicken door out, and I was, like, getting so stressed out, like, walking up the tower steps. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you were afraid they were going to force you to go on the yeah. ride. Like, there's no way down except through the car. Exactly. And honestly, I don't even think the chicken door is actually a thing anymore. Like, you can get off the ride. Because we had to go through the employee exit to get off the ride. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot ride this. I don't know. It just scared me. Mm -hmm. And I have so many friends who have done it. And I know it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also my, I just have a weird thing about elevators, too. Like, if it's a claustrophobia thing, too. Like, if there are too many people on an elevator, I'm like, no, I can't. I Mm -hmm. can't do it. I can't do it. So... Um, but so the reason I, I brought up Disney and all that is that, you know, it's not something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a deal breaker for me, but I guess I would need someone who would at least consider it. Right. Who would not be like, oh, that's stupid. That You're stupid. We can't do that. We're going to get married in a church and it's going to be very traditional and we're going to do this and this and this. I need someone who can say, um, okay, I don't think we can afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my family cannot all make it to California, so I'm not sure this is feasible. I'm like, but we considered it. I looking for counterpoints is the thing. It's not just shooting down your idea. No, this is I, stupid. You're an adult. Act like an adult. Adults shouldn't want to get married at Disneyland. Exactly. Um, speaking of 
that and getting married, you've brought up one of my, you know, questions of this podcast. And it seems silly asking you this. I'm going to say it just because I ask everybody. But the question is, are you going to get married and can I come? No. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Could yes. you imagine if I found out on this podcast that my sister was not going to allow me at her wedding? No, I honestly, I, I would, yes, I believe in marriage, and yes, you can come to my wedding. You'll, you'll definitely bri- be a bridesmaid. Woo! Bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. Maybe maid of honor if you want those responsibilities, but. I don't, I don't know. It depends on whether or not you can afford a wedding planner. Because <laughs> you know me, I'm all over the place. Yes. <laughs> like, not, like, you're not gonna, be, you're probably not gonna be my maid of honor just because I know that it's gonna stress you out. You are 100% going to be the person to make sure that I do not get hangry during the ceremony. Yes, even if it means, um, you know, loading pieces of granola bar on a slingshot. (laughs) And shooting it into my mouth. We recently, I'm home right now for a wedding. We already went to the wedding. Congratulations to Jennifer and Josh. Uh, But we went to a wedding and we were talking about how, you know, you have to make the rounds and... A lot of times people don't get to eat at their wedding. Someone has to force them to sit down and eat. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's not going to work for me. Because if I get hangry at my wedding, it's not going to be a good situation. And so, Chris, I the, the reason why, it's not that I'm like, fuck you. You're not going to be my maid of honor. It's because I know that I... I I, know I don't think I want that responsibility. <laughs> exactly. But I know that if I give you, like, the one task of you have to make sure that I am fed reasonably throughout the day in intervals like I want you there with my egg McMuffin in the morning you're gonna Um, be like talking like forehead to forehead with a wedding planner I'm just gonna come up from below and just (laughs) (laughs) and just the egg McMuffin (laughs) a little fork with some like egg on it a little piece of bacon you're just like eat this Mm -hmm. because I do not Charlotte does not do well with hangry it doesn't work and I I will get pissy at Christmas if I'm hangry. Like, the most wonderful time of the year. If I am tired or if I am hungry, I am a total brat. And I need to not be that way at my wedding. Sure really so, does get awful. I do. No, it's bad. And I've, I'm i an adult and I can acknowledge it. Um, I used to wake up super early on Christmas morning and I'd always be pissy. Like, I'd always be so pissy with my presents. And then I'd go back to sleep for like three hours and I'd wake up and be like, this is great. So I just learned I need sleep and I need food. In our household, we're very big proponents of naps. Napping oh is something God. that happens a lot in our house. Do you have people in your life that are like, oh, I don't nap? Um, no. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want that kind of person in Yeah, my life. you should keep no, it that I way. Think <laughs> what is funny, though, is that uh, I'm a content writer, and my schedule is very, pretty much open-ended. My, yeah. my editor doesn't care as much when I turn things in, as long mm-hmm. as we make it by the deadline, and it's, you know, not shit. <laughs> um... But most of my friends have nine to five jobs, you know, and so it's interesting when we get together and at like 1130, like, well, I'm getting ready to turn in. It's getting kind of late. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, seven or 8 a.m. rolls up and they're, you know, out of bed, dressed, ready to go. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a night owl. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So more about this wedding, the Disney wedding. Obviously, people plan their dream wedding they don't always have a spouse in mind. So oh, obviously yeah. I, mean, I picked a wedding dress it. ten years ago. <laughs> was it one of the um It was it was part of the Disney collection. Okay, me too. I think I think that was Alfred Angelo and I yes. also think that he is not designing wedding dresses anymore. Ah, crap. But you but you look for the 
I'll look the for a Cinderella. Yeah. yeah, but but mine was the same thing. It was the Cinderella one because it was a simple bodice with some beading and it was the big poofy princess skirt. That's what I want. I want the big poofy princess skirt. What about you? Um, I guess I want something a little more understated. Okay. I don't know. Sean can tell you I'm weird about things like tags on clothing. That's or very any, true. Or fabrics yeah. that don't feel soft. It's just... I, I don't know. Christine don't. kicks down the door of the bridal shop and is like, give me your softest wedding dress. Mm-hmm. I need one from spun from the wool of baby lambs. Do wedding dresses have tags? I, I don't know. I've never worn one before. That's very true. I don't know. Does mom still have her... Mom has to have her wedding dress, right? I think so. When I, I was know. younger, I was I pulled that shit where I was like, I'm wearing your wedding dress. I mean, and I, my mom. I'm so used to saying my mom. Our mom. It's not often that the guest is my sibling. (laughs) So our mom has been like, that's sweet. You don't have to do that. Because her dress was very, well, she got married in the late 70s. So her dress is very late 70s, early 80s. Late 70s, early 80s. Um, Yeah, late 70s. I mean, she was a beautiful bride, of course. Gorgeous, oh my gosh. That's what I love about mom and dad's wedding pictures is that they just look so happy together. And they were so young. I mean, they had just graduated high school. They were they were a couple of crazy kids in love. Daddy still had a had a perm. <laughs> he put so much effort Who into looking that the stupid. Perm was good. <laughs> Who told our father? More research for you guys to do. Find out who told our father that a perm was a good idea. He's he was cute. It wasn't like, oh dad, no, but he he was cute, but he had a perm at his wedding. It's like, wasn't it Bradley Cooper in American Hustle who had that stupid perm? Maybe. I don't know. It's, well, it's funny because imagine all the stupid shit you wanted to do when you were 18. Imagine how stupid you looked when you were 18. Now imagine getting married when you're 18 and everyone can see that stupid shit you did forever. By all accounts, it was a terrible idea, but they made it work. Yeah, and it's funny because our, and I, I think I've also said this on the podcast because our parents are the first ones to say that that shouldn't have worked and they're super glad they did. And we were actually being at a wedding this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about like wedding traditions and stuff and, and we were talking about saving the cake and apparently you save the top layer of cake. I heard that you only save a piece. But, but mom said if you, like, go and have a, like, a, you get it from a bakery and they, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you save the whole top tier of the cake and then at their, at your first wedding anniversary, you eat a piece of the cake because you put it in the freezer and cake saves well, apparently. Um, but she said that they had an anniversary party with all of the wedding party that had been there and they all got together and then they all ate that frozen wedding cake. They thawed it out first, obviously. But I think that they sneaky just wanted to get everybody together to be like, look, you dumb bitches, we're still <laughs> together. I think it can be both, honestly. Honestly, why not? Um, but you also have kind of a an interesting, not task, that's not the right word, but you have to coordinate wedding dresses with a whole other person yeah. and what they want. Pretty much, and I, you know, I'm pretty open-minded about wedding stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I just got off, I just got done saying that I want to get married at Disneyland mm-hmm. and ride on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. No, but, like, I think that that's another cool thing about being, you know, being gay and marrying someone of the same sex is that you guys, there's really no traditions to, you know, that are, like, set in stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do whatever you want. If my, you know, I want to wear a dress, my wife wants to wear a tux or something, then... That's totally fine with me. I'm so sorry. I just thought of, like, if you did get married somewhere that wasn't Disney and, like, wasn't open and we were in a church, 
you'd have a bride sign and a bride sign, and it'd be like, where do I go? <laughs> bride heart, heart gold, bride soul silver. <laughs> bride oh fire God. red, bride leaf green. <laughs> team bride A, team bride B. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Now, it'd have to be like bride A and bride, and bride one, or, you know... Because nobody wants to be A or... Because no one wants to be no B. wants to be, be the B bride. No one. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, but yeah, there are, there are no there are no traditions, really. Mm-hmm. So you get to make up your own traditions. Yeah, I mean, we can both walk down the aisle. We can have one of us standing at the altar. We can both walk down and meet at the middle. We can... That's what I want you to do. I want a descending staircase where both of you walk to meet each other. You know who can make something like that happen? Who? Disney. Oh my god. In front of the castle. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more and more excited about this as I think about it. Who's gonna, are you gonna have someone walk you down the aisle? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, that's a good question. I want mom to walk me down the aisle for sure. Yeah, I think, I think I guess if I had somebody walk me down it would be mom. I feel like, I feel like there was a point where Steven volunteered to walk me down the aisle and I was like, that is so sweet and I will find a job for you. I feel like, I legitimately feel very bad that because our our older brother has expressed interest in one day possibly walking me down the aisle and I want to find a job for him for sure I want him to be a part of the festivities however I think that mom should walk me down mm-hmm. the aisle yeah for sure well you know he could be on team bride if you don't want to do like traditional bridesmaids and groomsmen that's very true. I don't. And that's I, another thing that's common in LGBT weddings because a lot of us grew up with, you know, mixed gender friends and all I that. I think that that should be common in every single mm-hmm. wedding. I think that team bride and team groom or team team groom heart gold and team groom heart soul silver or, you know, team bride, whatever, I think... <laughs> The next example that popped into my head was like Team Bride Star Wars and Team Bride Star Trek. I don't know why that was like a thing that happened in my head. Or hey, Team Bride Ravenclaw, Team Bride Gryffindor. Gryffindor. So yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking in 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 order in my head. I was like Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Harry Potter weddings. What do we think of them? I don't know. Too much. Too much, in my opinion. I I'm think sorry. A lot Too of, much. I think fandom weddings can be kind of mm-hmm. weird. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, I'm the idiot who's saying I want to get married at Disneyland, so I don't know. That's true. But then again, oh. Disney's been around for like 80 years. I don't think they're going anywhere. That's very, very true. It's just, I weddings are so specific. I remember there was a time you told me that you wanted, like, you were like, maybe I won't have a wedding cake. Maybe I'll have wedding brownies. And my traditional ass was like, okay. And, mm-hmm. But it's your wedding. You get to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. People also freak out when I say I want catering by Jimmy John's because freaky fast. (laughs) Okay, but that is genius because imagine passing out the cards at the beginning of the ceremony. (laughs) Everyone filling out the cards. Someone is a runner, goes to Jimmy John's, gives the cards to the Jimmy John's by reception time. We got Jimmy John's. Everyone has exactly what they want. Everyone gets a sandwich, a cookie, a pickle, bag of chips. Yeah. Drink on us. Mm Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, people just spend thousands of dollars on wedding catering, and it's like, you know, Jimmy John's. I think, and you know, best thing is that you don't have to decide what, you know, everybody gets what they want. It's like, exactly. do you want a chicken sandwich, roast beef, turkey? I don't know. Just, just tell me. Just tell me. We'll make it happen. We are also, the thing is, though, we are a sandwich family. We are a sandwich sure. family. We're a sandwich eating family. 
I probably eat like four or five sandwiches a week. It's probably a medical condition. Don't tell my doctor. <laughs> he would probably be very concerned. I pick You're it. eating how much deli meat and cheese? <laughs> this one time I went to a restaurant with uh, with Natalie, and she pointed out the, the turkey club on the menu. She's like, they have a turkey club here. And I was like, oh, no. I don't want to be known for this. Turkey club. What what What's not to like? Turkey, bacon, lettuce, tomato, I ask for it without the mayo. Maybe some mustard. Who knows? What's happening? Maybe avocado. California clubs. Ooh, that's what I like. That's that shit. That's that good, good shit. I'm a roast beef and cheddar on sourdough kind of gal. Oh, but let's talk about, um, we're still talking about weddings and stuff. Proposing. Also no traditions about mm-hmm. same-sex couples proposing to each other. Yeah. What do you do? Do you counter-propose? What, what, like... I don't know. That'd be interesting if you like decide you want to get married and then you come, you have a contest to see who can come up with a better proposal. That's very true. I think that that's what my good friend Al is doing. Not mm-hmm. actually, it's not actually a competition, but they both have ways to propose in their brains, and it's just kind of who can execute it first. You know, who can who can execute mm-hmm. a good proposal. Here's the thing. I don't believe in surprise public proposals. I think that puts undue pressure mm-hmm. on the other person. And it's just not something, and I think that you don't want to spring something like that on somebody. I think that it's better to kind of talk about it and agree, okay, we want to get married. And then you can be like, okay, I have the idea, the best idea for a proposal and there's no way you're going to see it coming. See, that's very sweet because I don't think, because it's, I feel like it's, it's unrealistic for me to say, oh, I would only want someone to propose publicly if they knew for a fact that I was going to say yes, but I also wouldn't want to discuss it with them beforehand. How would they know that I was going to say yes if we didn't discuss it? That is completely unfair of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that I have settled on the idea of if it is a public proposal, meaning if it is a proposal of more than just myself and the other person, I would want it to be either very either family and very close friends or just family because at least if something goes wrong you can contain the bomb that has exploded within your relationship you Mm -hmm. know yeah but I don't know and that's the but that's a really cool thing is you can meet someone and discover what you want to do with them instead of you know traditions and and I don't know it's hard for me to say as someone who has never been in love and who has never felt super passionately about someone, um, I can say right now that I don't see myself ever proposing to someone. Mm-hmm. I would I would want a man to propose to me, but who knows? If I fell in love with someone truly, deeply, madly and knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with them, what you know, why why wouldn't I, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's okay and you know, I think that straight girls need to it's okay you know it's okay to ask out a guy it's mm-hmm. okay to talk about the relationships and honestly i think it's okay for you to propose now he might turn around and say okay but now i need to propose to you and then i'll be like you know what that's cool fine whatever so fine, whatever fine whatever because also i feel like if you propose to a woman and she was like i was gonna propose you can be like all right catch me off guard mm-hmm. <laughs> propose to me whatever mm-hmm I'll say yes, and it's like, no, don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. Not don't say yes, but don't tell me that you're going to say yes. It's just like a fun, sweet, ugh. Mm-hmm. Our weddings are going to be so fun mm-hmm. if we ever find love. Mm-hmm. If I'm proposing and you're proposing, then who's, who's driving, driving the, the car? car? 
<laughs> you know what's really funny is I was thinking about when I post this podcast of like what the caption would be like when I tweet about it and I truly want to be like <laughs> if I'm on the podcast and you're on the podcast who's driving the car make it so yes I will make it so number one mm-hmm. um but yeah so we've like talked about the proposing we've talked about the marriage we've talked about what I, we gotta get there first yeah so what are, what are you doing? Are you on the apps? Are you finding? I was for a while and then I decided to take a break because okay. of stuff going on in my personal life, mm-hmm. which I'd rather not discuss. Don't you dare discuss it. Okay. Okay. I won't let you. Okay. I won't let you do it. Maybe about time mm-hmm. for me to get back on the saddle. I mean, I need to update my Tinder profile. Yeah. It doesn't look like me anymore. My picture is like two years old. Oh, really? Yeah. How many pictures do you, or did you have I on your Tinder? A handful, but I haven't had a recent one. I mean, my, my Facebook profile picture still shows me with pink hair, and I haven't had pink hair in a while. That's true. Are you going to go back to more colorful hair? I think so. Think? I feel like that would probably be good for me. Mm-hmm. Help me get my mojo back. Yeah, that's very true. I like your hair at every length, but every time I imagine you, it's always with a pixie cut. I might go back to the out again, especially now that, you know, weather's getting hotter. Yeah, that's true. It is getting hotter. Mm. Texas is hot. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It's not that I actually forgot, but it's like, damn, it stays hot the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, you wake up in the morning, it's 80 degrees, the sun goes down, it's still 90. You're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I've got two cats, so if you wake up with two cats sprawled out next to you, it's like having two little heating pads. Well, that's also funny because you are hot always. I run hot, I'm, I, which is weird because I know most women tend to run cold, but I run mm-hmm. hot. Which is good because um, when I was refilling your drink before the podcast started, we made a joke. You handed me your cup because she had to go to the bathroom and she handed me her cup and goes, don't get those mixed up. Like truly as a joke. And I was like, haha, okay. And then I put them down on the counter and I totally got them mixed up. But then I was able to feel the cups and yours was warmer. I shit you not. Like I felt yours and was like, this is a warm hand still on this kind I, I don't know maybe maybe it's my medication I don't know oh that could be it yeah I don't know mm-hmm. Zoloft and Xanax I have a prescription for both don't be freaking out on me people yeah maybe it's the Xanax who knows maybe I don't know of course, Med- I'm on a high dose, because I've got really bad anxiety. Like, like everybody secretly hates me. My family hates me. My family wishes I would just die. <laughs> no, they not don't. True. That's silly, Chris. Can go ahead and reassure you that's not true. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know that doesn't do enough to mm-hmm. get you off the That medication. doesn't mean shit to me. It's the <laughs> mental illness talking. I'm crazy. No, what oh I honestly, gosh. what I tell people is that I have a nervous condition, and usually yes. people think that's funny. Yeah. It's a funny little joke we make. Um, you know, it's funny, I don't know where I first heard that before, because I swear it was in the movie Gremlins, but then later on I rewatched the movie, and she's, and it, the scene where I thought she says I have a nervous condition, it's I have a weak heart. So I don't know where I first heard the phrase nervous condition. Gremlins 2? Maybe? I can count on one hand the amount of time. I, we watched Gremlins all the time growing mm-hmm. up. We watched it this last Christmas, but I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen Gremlins 2. It wasn't very good, and it was kind of a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Was it the mean girl you thought said the nervous condition? The, yeah, the mean old lady. The mean old lady. Mm-hmm. Because the dog tackles her and scares nah, her and she's all... me. So I don't know where I first got the phrase nervous condition, but that's that's what I have. So, mm-hmm. you know. But you're on... But here's something interesting yes, about what having... interesting thing? Sorry, I'm interrupting no, you're fine, you. hijacking fine. your you, podcast. Yes. Ugh, fine, everyone does. Voice the colors! <laughs> <laughs> Go on, what were you saying? What I found is really interesting is that I have anxiety issues, and 
it's ironic, but it actually helps me to have colorful hair. And people always say, well, how does that help? Doesn't it make people stare at you? Or doesn't it make people look at you weird? And it's like, yeah, but that's the thing. If ever I feel embarrassed or self-conscious, I can always tell myself, oh, well, they're just looking at me because of my hair. That is brilliant. It's not because I look stupid or because they're, you know, talking about me. It's just because, you know, they don't see people with turquoise or purple hair very often. And see, that's why I didn't like, because Chris, Chris is the queen of colorful hair, but I have... I dabbled in it for a hot second, and even more recently, I added some purple to it just because I wanted, I wanted a change. I wanted to do something fun, um, and I didn't like that it was because I. There are sometimes when I go out and I am purposely wearing like the boom makeup, where I am like snatched to the gods, like eyeliner sharp enough to kill a man, fake eyelashes, eyebrows. Painted for the check, the check cashing place down the street. Exactly. Like, I am so done up. And especially, um, there are times when, most recently, uh, we were going to, I was in LA, and we were going to go to a comedy show, but then afterwards, we were going to go out. And so I was wearing, like, crop top, high-waisted shorts, makeup done, hair done, like, everything. And I could feel people staring at me, and I was like, ooh, yeah, I look good. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing about colorful hair is that you can't ever turn that off. Mm-hmm. I could never go to the grocery store for bread and have no one look at me twice, you know? It's, it's, that's, and so that is very, very interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, well, I think that I, that's why I had to take a break from it, because, yeah, I mean, you're right, you can't turn that off. It does get kind of frustrating and there are times when you know I don't want to talk to people I would just like to you know be able to go somewhere and not have people you mm-hmm. know strike a conversation but it's funny I went to to breakfast in the mall with some friends one time and they were amazed that in the few hours we we're hanging out like four people stopped me to say they like my hair and they said mm-hmm. wow you're just getting a lot of attention I'm like yeah that's about typical do you um would you date a lady with colorful hair yeah I think so what if your hair clashed what if she well then what? she'd need to change her no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like, what if you had bright pink hair and she had bright orange hair? Uh, I think, I don't know, we make You it wouldn't even notice because you'd be too busy ascending chin? Possibly. Smooches and boob touches. <laughs> That's what lesbians do, right? Yes, we're we're all about the smooches and boob touches. You said that to me once. I said I was hooking up with this dude, and you're like, yeah, smooches and boob touches. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, lesbians do have sex, but... Lesbians do have sex. And That's, apparently they're, they're doing it better than everyone I... Oh my god. I have a I have a, a good friend who is a lesbian and she was talking about and and she has only had lesbian sex. And so I remember, you know, talking to her about some of my experiences and she goes, "What? So when the guy comes it's just over?" And I was like, "Yeah, pretty much." And that's not to the discredit of some people I have slept Yeah, but that's with, just a, that's something lesbians talk about. We, yeah. we joke about and we say the poor straight girls that it's, it's like, "Well, you know, if there's no guy then how do you know when you're finished?" Oh my god, you poor woman. Do you do you need help? Blink twice if you're if you're being held against your will. <laughs> and to the credit of a, a a good a good few people I have been with are very about making sure that if that ever happens, they're like, What do you need? And I super appreciate that. But there have been people who have not been like that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little irritating. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, um, yeah, apparently the lesbian sex can just go on and on and on. Just until you're both done. Just until you're both like, yeah, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. I got work in the morning. You mm-hmm. know? 
I'm assuming. I've never been there. I yeah, don't know. No, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it just goes along with the whole thing with, you know, same-sex relationships. There are fewer expectations, and there's, you know... I don't ever want to, you know, someone to ask me, well, who's the girl and who's the guy in the relationship? It's like, we're both mm-hmm. girls. That's kind of the point of this whole lesbian thing. But which one's the one who doesn't fucking text back? <laughs> <laughs> well, in my case, it's the one who's not me. Oh, same. Same. But yeah, so a million years ago, I was talking to you about being on the apps. And you live in a kind of a, you know, not like a big city by any it's means. It's mostly suburban, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a suburban area. So, so what have you discovered, like, excuse me, oh my gosh, I keep burping. Um, what have you discovered on the, like, did you do Tinder, Bumble, did you do, there's like a, there's a, is there a, I think there is one, it's called the L Network or something. I don't remember, I haven't been on it a long time, and I think I lost that app when I changed phones at one point. Right. But I did Tinder, I've done OkCupid, those are the only ones that, I've been meaning to try Bumble. I think you should try Bumble. I think that Bumble, I mean, Bumble is, I feel, going the ways, going the way of the other dating apps, because I feel like Tinder was a um, a dating app, and then it super turned into a hookup app, and so everyone went to Bumble, and now Bumble's also kind of turning into a hookup app, and I feel like we're just going to keep burning these apps to the ground and, like, abandoning mm-hmm. ship to new apps. And there's something called Hinge that I tried for a hot second, and that really didn't work. It's weird because on Hinge, you can specify more things about yourself, um, and then you can answer these questions, and people can either like your photo or like an answer to a question you have. And when I set up my profile on Hinge, I had one for maybe like three days, and I definitely didn't take it seriously at all, and I didn't think about like I was trying to get dates out of this. And one of the questions was like, what's your biggest fear? And I straight up just said, getting decapitated on Space Mountain. <laughs> and someone commented on it and was like, that's really unique. And I'm like, oh, I should change this. Like, oh shit, people are actually reading this? Yeah, for uh, for Love Drunk listeners, I am terrified of getting decapitated on Space Mountain. That's like a really weird... Very specific fear I have. You know, the new lanyards have breakaway Velcro on them for, you know. Yeah, and Chris, um, the last time we were on Space Mountain together, uh, which was not, I wouldn't say recently, but was like within the last few years. years It was a couple years ago. She made a joke about the, like right before we went on the ride. I didn't realize it was going to upset you that much. Yes, but it just was so funny because in my brain I was like, hey, don't do that thing where you're afraid of being decapitated. It's because I've watched way too many by too many, I mean all of the Final Destination movies multiple times. Um, even though I didn't even cheat death at any point, so I don't know why death would be coming for me. I just picture how horrifying it would be if you were in the dark and then you come back to the station and you turn over and there I am with no head. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that would be horrifying. I think there was a recent episode of Family Guy. There, uh, there was a joke about Stewie getting decapitated on Splash Mountain. Oh, no. <laughs> I just, roller coasters, like, falling out of roller coasters and getting, like, maimed on roller coasters, just absolutely, that's, like, a huge fear I have. And it hasn't stopped me. I go on Space Mountain and I just scrunch up my neck and I just, like, I I keep my eyes closed and I scrunch my neck up and and I just don't even, I don't even look. But, but yeah, and so someone was trying to hit me up about that, which was interesting. Um, I also recently have had dudes try to slide into the dms of the love drunk instagram page even though it specifically says that it's a podcast page 
So recently I've been trying to figure out how I should deal with it because I've gotten like four messages and I deleted the first three. But um, one of them was really funny because obviously it was someone who was speaking broken English and he said, I want I want to have relation with you, um, which was just funny. I think he meant relationship or maybe he... Maybe he meant relations. Maybe he meant relations. He wanted to know know you in a biblical sense. Exactly. Who knows? Um, But now I think I might reach out to these people and say, hello, I am the intern for Love Drunk if you would like to (laughs) leave a message for the podcast host, but whatever. But I don't know, because you said you were, you were, you FaceTimed a Tinder girl. Yeah, and then she ghosted me. Fucking ghosted. You know, maybe maybe it's impolite to say we were that she ghosted me because we weren't in a relationship or anything. But it's like she was like talking to me nonstop, and then we uh, video chatted and talked for like a couple more days, and then like nothing. I don't know, maybe I'm just really ugly, and that's why she didn't want to talk to me anymore. You're not ugly. I say that because... <laughs> How does the audience know? <laughs> well, because I'll post a picture of you, and I'll show them you're not ugly, so get out of here. Also, we look similar, so... <laughs> Neither of us are ugly. We have very attractive parents. But I think you should try Bumble, because I feel like it is less of a hookup app than mm-hmm. Tinder. Also, I don't know. If, if someone... Is talking to you and talking to you and then suddenly stops talking to you. It's one of those things where the bigger person inside you wants to be, wants to think that perhaps they have something going on in their life that makes it hard for them to continue talking to you. It makes it almost impossible to continue a relationship with you in any sort of way. But the smaller petty part that is lonely is like, fuck this person. I don't understand what the hell is wrong with them. Um, so I'm very, like, kind of, I'm split on that because I do understand that everyone is going through their own struggles. Mm-hmm. However, you don't have to ghost someone. Like, you can just tell them that you don't want to hang out with them or don't want to talk to them anymore. I mean, yeah, we were, like, talking, like, nonstop for, like, two weeks. That's stupid. That's so stupid. She should have been like, hey, I'm going through some shit and I, or or even like, hey... This was fun for a while, but I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Because then you would have been sad, but... Then I would have been like, okay, I understand. Yeah, because you're a reasonable human being. I don't know. But if if you are talking to these people, and they're not feeling it, and then things kind of end, do you have, um, do you have, like, songs that you listen to? Like, do you have, like, a breakup song? Even if it's not, like, a legitimate breakup. Hmm. Do you have songs that you kind of retreat to, like love songs and breakup songs that you really like? I'm not sure about breakup songs. Yeah, I can't really think about breakup songs. I've got a couple of love songs that I like. Okay, what are what are your top love songs? Well, there's Love You by The Free Design, but that's that's not so much about loving relationships as it is about loving other people and caring about other people. So I know it could be platonic. Oh, but... that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, like, uh... uh... Inside Out by Headley. Is that... Shit, I don't even know if that's what the song is called. Oh my god, wait. Is that the one that's like... I wanna hold it Y'all spend my life trying to figure... No, never mind. I was thinking of the wrong song. But that also... That sounds very nice. So is that that about loving someone from the inside out? Yeah. Okay. It's like, I'm gonna be the, you know, the calm in the storm you're looking for. I'm gonna be the shipwreck that takes you down. Ooh, so I that like those lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I so I'm sorry. I, I just mangled the tune. I cannot <laughs> sing. Hopefully, Charlotte will auto tune this in post. Um, 
You act like I am good enough at technology to do that. Oh, I'm not. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, just just look it up. It's Headley, um, Inside Out. Okay. Um, and, uh, okay, this is gonna sound really stupid, but I really love the song Stronger Than You from Steven Universe, as sung by Estelle. I love that. No, that's not stupid at all. Mm -hmm. We had a we had a shock today. We watched Steven Universe, and I'll admit that I'm not. I like Steven Universe. I very much enjoy it. I like that the episodes are so short. Mm-hmm. Like I love that they're just little like yeah. bites of an episode. But we and I just came in at the tail end of one, and we just a bomb was dropped mm-hmm. that everyone had been expecting for a while. Mm-hmm. However, yes, and I won't spoil it just yeah. in case you know someone's waiting to watch the episode they haven't uh-huh. seen it yet. But yeah, if you're a Steven Universe fan, you need to go watch um, the most recent episode. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the things I really love about Steven Universe is that it's a show all about love mm-hmm. and that love is the answer. And, you know, it can refer to romantic love. It can refer, you know, between these two characters, these uh, two, you know, female-coded aliens, so lesbians, that have been together for 5,000 years, love each other so much that they have physically formed another gem. I don't mean they have another baby, like, physically they are fused together. Yes. If you you watch the show, you understand. That they truly cannot stand being apart. And so when they break up, which has happened in a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. whether it be by by foe or by choice, you know it's a very, very big deal. And that's just That they're in a serious fight. And, you know, but that also brings us into this whole thing that even if you love someone, that doesn't mean you're never going to hurt them. Yeah. It is po- very possible to hurt someone without meaning to, or because you feel like keeping something from them or lying is going to spear their feelings. Because, you know, that's also about these, you know, three aliens raising a human boy. They don't always know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. they love the heck out of that kid. I love the familial love, not only with Steven and the Crystal Gems, but also that exists in the other parts of the show, like the girl who's delivering the pizzas and she's having the nightmares and then it's really just because she needs to confront her sister and ask her sister for help because mm-hmm. she she needs help running the business and her sister's not helping and then when she finally asks her sister her sister's like of course I'll help you I didn't know that you were struggling this much I'm so sorry mm-hmm. and um the show is so much about love and relationships platonic familial romantic you know the puppy love between two you know 13 14 year olds yeah it's just oh my gosh it's such a sweet pure good show Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't watched Steven Universe, you definitely should. And they also have really great musical numbers. Mm-hmm. Giant Woman's probably my personal favorite. Because mm-hmm. these, if you haven't watched the show, they're aliens and they can form, they can form bigger aliens if they fuse together. That's the, the very base level of it. Mm-hmm. But It makes sense in context. Yes, but the, but the protagonist of the story finds out they can do this and starts singing a song about... All I want to do is see you turn into a giant woman, which is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. But yeah, so so it's, I think that just all of the love that is displayed by that. Um, and it makes me think of when we were at the wedding this weekend, and it was a very traditional wedding, which was great because the the woman who was getting married was a very good friend of ours. And the... Kiss You Inside Out. That was the name of the song. Sorry. Kiss You Inside Out. All right. Go and look it up if you Mm -hmm. would like to. But the wedding we went to this weekend was a very good friend of ours. And the pastor who was marrying them um, had a very special relationship with the bride because he was basically like a second father to her. She lived with him and his wife for a while. They looked at her as a child. She was really good friends with their daughter. Um, they looked at her son as a grandchild. And it was very sweet. Well, because of that, it had a lot of 
the husband needs to take care of the wife, needs to support her. And yes, correct. I understand. But kind of sitting there, I was thinking about, you know, the potential for my own wedding and kind of thinking about wanting to be in an equal partnership. And that's, I literally took Garnet from Steven Universe. And, and two tiny lesbians it. form a larger lesbian. Exactly. But it's, it's two people that love each other so incredibly much that they coexist as one form. And it's so important because I really think that in relationships, no matter what the genders are or lack of genders are, who knows, um, I think that relationships should be a partnership and they should be very 50-50. And I think it's very easy to kind of fall back into the old. And I'm please understand, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the wedding we went to or what the pastor said. He had a very special relationship with the bride and it was very beautiful hearing him talk and he was getting choked up as well. Um, but, you know, I think that if I was standing in front of all of my friends and family, I would really, really want... Um, someone to be talking about how we were going to take care of each other and our vows were going to be about... Their their vows were more specifically about the ways that they were going to take care of each other. Um, and that's what I want. I want an equal partnership. And I'm sure that, you know, you would continue to... What What is your, like, dream marriage scenario? Like, work-wise, support-wise? I mean, I... I want to have kids. I want to be, you know, a full-time mom. I think, like, ours was... I mean, I want to have a career. I want to be a writer, but I can do that from home. In fact, yeah. I work from home right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, except when you get so lonely, you start talking to the houseplants. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not to that stage yet, but I do have very elaborate conversations with the animals. In my brain, I immediately was like, what about the cats? You should be talking to the cats first. Mm-hmm. I'm a little penny. Mm-hmm. We love our dog. We have a we have a dog who also has a nervous condition. They have a dog who has a nervous condition. I haven't lived here for an extended period of time. Um, while they have the dog, the dog barks at me every morning, and then I think we think she's nearsighted. Yeah, we need to get her little doggy glasses because I come out of the back room and she just she just barks and barks and barks. And then I get close enough for her to sniff me, and then we're friends again. But mm-hmm. it's like she forgets I'm there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, but you you work from home. Um, you know, if my wife wants to have a career outside the house, um, you know, it's, that's fine with me, whether she wants to, you know, be business or, you know, in a specific field, like, mm-hmm. you know, a doctor, lawyer, whatever. I don't Could know. Could you date a doctor? Um, I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, attorney would be harder, though, because I know they're never around. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'd want to date someone who's in the military, just because I think it would be difficult to be apart for that long. Yeah. That's... And I'd constantly be worried about them and our kids and all that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the military wives and yeah, the military definitely. husbands. Like, that's just absolutely nuts to me. I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all do it. You're stronger I, than I, me. I do not know, but I know some people who have married military folks, and I 100% support you. I don't know if that's ever something that I would be strong enough to do. Mm-hmm. So this is the part of the podcast where you don't have to, if you don't want to, but is there anyone that you would like to low key curse? Now, when I say low key curse, we never wish death or dismemberment upon anyone in love drunk. We want a mild inconvenience for someone. Um, we want a shifting in the universe as it is. You know, I truly believe that if you low-key curse someone, 
whether or not it actually happens, they will wake up one morning and just feel some kind of way. And that just makes me feel better going about my day. Maybe I'm just very spiteful in that way. But, you know, (laughs) I got a little bit. I think everyone should have a little, just a little bit of spite in them. So is there anyone that you would like to low-key curse? Can I low-key curse a group of people? A hundred percent. Yes. A thousand percent. Then I would like to low-key curse the uh, women on dating sites who see someone's profile that says, I'm a lesbian, I'm interested in women, and they message them saying, hey, my husband slash boyfriend slash fiance and I are looking to add a second girl to our relationship. Are you interested in threesomes? No, I am not. I am not interested in getting with your boyfriend because I'm a lesbian. So what do you want to happen to these women? Um, I think that every time they think about sending one of those messages... They should have Wi-Fi issues. Okay. Just, like, not, like, their Wi-Fi dies, but, like, maybe they have to, you know, put their fo- their uh, laptop on airplane mode for a few minutes uh-huh, so it and refreshes. Then turn it back. They have maybe- to disconnect from the Wi-Fi and turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Maybe even walk into another room and disconnect the router and put- plug it back in, wait a few minutes. I would hope Just, like, that- stop and think about what you're doing. Why do you think a lesbian would be interested in a relationship with you and your husband? For sure. I want them to look around and think that perhaps God gave them a second chance. (laughs) Truly, they were blessed to not be an insensitive idiot and Mm -hmm. ruin someone's day with their stupid message. I mean, if you're in an open relationship, that's fine. If you're, you know, polyamorous and looking for that unicorn, you know, no no judgments. Mm -hmm. Um, That's between you and any potential unicorns. But seriously, lesbians do not want to have relationships with men. So stop it. Uh Uh-huh. Loki cursed. Boom. Boom. But while you bring up threesomes, let's talk about threesomes. Okay. What are the... (laughs) This is just a fun conversation I've had with some friends recently. What are the circumstances in which you would have a threesome with somebody? Honestly, I don't think I would. You don't think you would? I don't. I just... I think I'm quite monogamous. I think it's just not something I'd be into. Again, no judgments on people who do like them. Just not gonna yuck your yum. Uh Uh-huh. Um... She just looked at me weird after I said, yeah, here, yeah. That's very, well, it's because I think it was Pete Holmes who said that once. I was trying to figure out where I, I heard a, it before. I had a, te- a gender te- and society teacher in college who said that. Yuck, you're yum. I love that. That's a very funny. But no, I mean, I think, um, I just don't think I, that's my, my thing. Okay. I've had a lot of people say, not a lot of people, I don't talk to a lot of people about threesomes, guys. I promise. It's truly just, you know, in the final few minutes of, uh, Love Drunk. I've, I've talked to people who have said that they don't think that they would participate in a threesome with an established couple or if they were in an established couple. If they were in a relationship, they would not necessarily want to bring a third person in or they would not want to go into another relationship. But it was all like, if everyone's single, if everyone's just sort of like, all right, cool, let's do it, then that would be fine. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Love Drunk Exclusive, never been in a threesome. Sorry. Like, I don't know. You heard it here, folks. You heard it right here first. Because it's not something that super interested me, but, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm keeping, keeping the horizons open. You know. Never say never, because you truly don't know what is going to happen and mm-hmm. where you are going to find yourself someday in the world. But, yeah, I think, I think that that's incredibly difficult. I've heard... Some of my lady loving friends talking about that as well. How you end up on Bumble and it's married couples and I mean I've seen that I've heard adult friend finders the same way. It's mostly it's mostly couples and dick pics. Or dick pics submitted by couples. 
What I do like about Bumble is they always like pixelate the photos first and then you click you can click on it and be like I want to view this photo so people can't like trick you into seeing a dick pic. Um like there was this one guy on one of the dating sites and he was wearing a costume in one of his photos. And I was like, that was a great Halloween costume you're wearing. And he's like, oh, it doesn't beat my Halloween costume from last year. And he sent me a picture of the costume. But I had to, like, click on it and specify that I wanted to see it just in case, I don't know, he had been like, hey, eh? (laughs) Four eggplant emojis, question mark? (laughs) I don't know. It's just dating is so strange. Mm -hmm. And and dating apps are so strange. So I don't know if they help, if they hurt. I've had people meet on dating apps. I think it's a great way to get yourself out there. However, there are some super shitty people on dating apps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you think you might be might be ready to hop back on? <laughs> I know we just spent the last, like, 20 minutes shit-talking dating apps, and now I'm like, oh, are you ready to hop back on the... It might be about time, because here's the thing. I mean, I, I work from home. I'm not in school. So it's kind of hard for me to meet people, and I also mm-hmm. don't really do clubs. That's just not really my scene, because... Mm-hmm. You know, horrible anxiety and all that. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, online might be my best chance for meeting people. Mm-hmm. Unless Ronda Rousey is, you know, here and listening and uh, wants to leave her husband for me. Which I don't think will happen and I don't encourage that. She's very small. You could probably pick her up. I would like it if you would pick me up. I would like Honestly, even even if you don't want to leave your husband and you just feel like picking a girl up, like just literally physically picking a girl up, I would pay money to see that. Mm-hmm. She's small. Chris, you're small. Yes, and I'm into buff girls. Yes, you're into buff girls. That's another thing. What What's your type? Just buff girls? Are you looking for... Um, what are you looking for? I like girls who are athletic. Okay. Yeah, I think... Um, I kind of like long hair, but I can do... Okay. It's, it's not required. My one thing, and here is my one thing that I do not compromise on. The girl has to be taller than me. Okay. But here's the thing. I'm 5'2 and a half. <laughs> Barely 5'2 on a bad day. So it's really not too much to ask for. I think that I have a girl who's taller than me. It's very easy to be taller than you. Yeah, I, I don't think that's an unrealistic standard. I'm not yeah. asking for a guy that's six feet or more. That's true. Although I'm... if you are a girl who's six feet or taller, call me because tall girls are very cute. Yeah, if anyone's ever given you shit about wearing high heels, call Christine because she will never give you shit about wearing high heels ever. The taller, the better. Mm-hmm. Then that's something. On the very first episode of this podcast, I was recording with Chance, and Chance was like, "If you are short." You have no chance with Charlotte. That's her type. She she wants a tall boy. But I've discovered, I think it's more about the person than anything. And, and I think you and I were talking about this in the car the other day, where, yes, in my past, I have mm-hmm. gone for the, the lanky boys. And especially the ones, not even lanky, but like the Dorito bodies. Yes. And when I say Dorito bodies, I don't mean the bodies who have eaten a lot of Doritos, even though, you know what, if you eat a lot of Doritos, that's great, and you're beautiful too. But it's, I mean, like, your body is literally shaped like a Dorito, where you've got the broad shoulders and the little waist, and I'm just like, oh my god, that is too much to handle. But I I was into the tall boys, and I, Chance said that thing about me wanting someone tall, because I would show him pictures of people I was talking to on Bumble, or people that I had matched with on Bumble, and I was like, do you think this person looks taller than me? And I have friends that are, you know, 5'9", 5'10", and I'm like, all right, well, your face is closer for kisses. So, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the entire world. But but I've always been really attracted to tall people, and if they're shorter than me, I'm like, no, I don't know. But recently, I, like, went on a date with a dude who was not that much taller than me. I'm pretty sure I was 
the same height may be taller than him if I was wearing high heels. Um, which usually was like a rule that I would, not a rule, but in my brain, I would be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't know. It's maybe it's because I'm looking for someone to make me feel like delicate and dainty and. Maybe that's what I want too. I want to be the small girlfriend. Small girlfriend. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's, I, I think that you can have a type until, you know, the cows come home. But at the end of the day, if you see someone that you are attracted to, because they're funny or mm-hmm. because they're charming or, you know, whatever. It's it's just, it just happens to be, I don't think that at the end of the day, attraction super matters. And I also feel like you can find people attractive as you go on. Have you ever had that as someone where you weren't necessarily like, oh my God, immediately like sparks flying? Yeah. But later you've like found them attractive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely happens. Yeah. I would definitely say so. I don't know. I think maybe it's with girls. You kind of let your guard down around other girls, mm-hmm. and you kind of get to see that person, and it's it's kind of neat when you have, when you're, you know, friends with another girl, and she's not afraid to, like, fart around <laughs> you or say, you know, gross stuff. When is it okay to fart around other people? I don't know. I don't know. You just, you just know. You just feel it out? Is or that you like just, a thing? Y- yeah, you just kind of feel it out, or you just kind of let it happen, <laughs> and then see how they react. Better to apologize than ask for permission. Yes. <laughs> about the farts oh my god Mm -hmm. but I also feel like girls are always trying to have like the cool girl persona you know Mm -hmm. they're always trying to be like the coolest hottest chick on the block I think a lot of lesbians dream of being that one lesbian that can kind of give a straight girl a smolder and make her nervous okay Mm -hmm. elaborate on that um best thing I can think of oh shoot what is is it Ruby Rose? Yes. Yeah, where so. she has yeah. kind of that. And I know that she identifies as non-binary, so I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong pronouns. Yeah. But um, she kind of has that androgynous look to her. Mm-hmm. And she has it. She has that smolder where it's like, you you know, you make gay girls swoon and you make straight girls kind of nervous. Like, well, I, should I be getting turned on by this? I feel like... I don't know whether I want to be or I want to or I want to or I want to make out with you. What am I doing? And that's the strange thing about sexuality and girl crushes and everything. And and we had a conversation about this the other day mm-hmm. where I was talking about crushes on girls I've had that you know there are sometimes I look at a girl and I'm like oh my god she's so pretty and then there are other times I look at a girl and I'm like oh my god she's so pretty and she makes me nervous. Um, and it's it's strange as someone who identifies as straight and and enjoys. Well, I wouldn't say I enjoy men. Men aren't super great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Blink twice! For the most part, I do enjoy men, and I would hope to end up with a man someday, just because that's what I'm into, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes there are these women, and they just kind of, they make me nervous, and they make me confused. And, And you said Ruby Rose, and that reminds me of a gal who is doing my makeup on a set one time and she had this long black hair and these big blue eyes and her makeup was to die for and she had these tattoos on her on her arm and she had this black sweater with her sleeves rolled up and this Mm -hmm. black beanie and she was so close to my face because she was doing my makeup and I fell in love with her I truly was just like I don't know what to do in this one moment I'm imagining a future with you and it's insane and it's it's so crazy because I feel like sexuality and gender and everything is is has been looked at in such scientific terms and and you have to identify in certain ways and so you feel like you can't like as a straight person I feel like 
I shouldn't say that I have a crush on a girl, but at the same time, maybe sometimes I kind of do, and I don't know if I'd ever pursue it, and I don't know. Well, admit it, there's some guys that I find attractive, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't think I'd ever want to do anything with them. I think, you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, having an aesthetic appreciation for someone, Mm -hmm. and even, maybe even feeling some semblance of a crush, Mm -hmm. and actually wanting to act on that. Yeah. It's crazy and weird, and I don't think that you should judge anyone based off of their preferences or... Yeah, I mean, I, I think feeling. I said it I said it at the beginning, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm kind of drunk. Um, <laughs> I, I said at the beginning that, you know, if you have a label, and then you find that that label doesn't work for you, it's okay to change. Also, you don't have to send out, like, an email blast saying, like, oh, by the way, I no longer identify as this, and now I identify as this. Like, you can literally just say, as a blah, 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 and if your friends are worth anything... They won't even question it. They'll just mm-hmm. be like, well, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Life would be easier if we didn't have these labels, but they're so. But labels are important to certain people. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, labels are for soup cans. We're people. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, but you know, it's kind of nice to be able to talk to people and say, I'm a lesbian. And they're like, oh, I'm a lesbian too. And you're like, oh yes, we, two lesbians, relating to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a white cisgender lesbian. That's, you know... That, you know, and I have those experiences, and I think that I can share a lot of experiences with other white cisgender lesbians, not going to have the same experiences as, you know, a transgender girl who identifies as bisexual. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're all we're all coming at life differently. It's the same thing with gender. I think that, you know, life might be a little easier if gender didn't really exist as it does, but it does. Mm-hmm. It's and definitely it's, it's very important to other two people, and I'm not going to deny someone's gender. I'm not going to say, well, we're just people. Well, no, if you you tell me you're a woman, you're a woman. Yeah. So, I have one final question for you before before the podcast is over. Christine York, what does love feel like? Um, I guess it feels like being drunk. <laughs> Just like you feel like you can do anything, but sometimes you feel like you can't do anything at all. I don't know, there are times when, you know, it feels, you feel like you can, you know, you're powerful and on top of the world. Sometimes you feel like you're suffocating. Oh, wow. So it's, you know... Love is weird. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Love's weird. I'm not I'm not sure I can really put it into words. It's just more of a feeling. I mean, it's like trying to explain to someone, what's it like to sneeze? What's it like to, you know, swallow a pill and get it st- and have it get stuck in your throat? It's, it's kind of something you can't really explain unless you've experienced it. I will say, I mean, the good outweighs the bad. And I think that it depends on what kind of love. I mean, you know, you can have uh, romantic love and infatuation that just gathers everything, and then you can have a platonic love where you look at somebody as you're hanging out with them and be like, I'm so glad I know you. And then you can have love for a child and just looking at this little kid and thinking you've got so much ahead coming your way, you've got so much ahead of you, and this love world can be really terrible, but I will always be there for you and I would die for you. So that's love, I think. That's really beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I really, really love that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's amazing. I think it's important for me, especially with experiences I've had recently, to tell people that if you love someone, I mean, if you love your friends or your family members, don't ever be afraid to tell them that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's weird to finish hanging out with somebody by saying love you, but if that turns out to be the last time you ever see that person, you will at least be able to know that that was the last thing you ever said to them. Yeah. I remember I used to, I used to jokingly say it sometimes if I wasn't necessarily comfortable with saying it to someone. I used to be like, okay, I love you, bye-bye, you know, like, kind of make a joke out of it, but the older I've gotten and the and the more I've realized how awful this world can be, I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I look at people and... Yeah, it's a really good love song. All the small things. 
Yes, I completely agree. That is a great... That song is so, like, late 90s, early 2000s. It very is. It very is. That was a weird thing I just said. Um, I'm a little love drunk, ladies and gentlemen. Are you love drunk? You feeling a little bit love drunk? I'm feeling kind of love drunk. All right. <laughs> well, fortunately, there are no stairs in this house. We live in a <laughs> one-story house. High vibe away from the mic. My cats will judge me when I stumble (laughs) in my room drunk. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks for having me. Of course. I've never done something like this before. Yeah. Do you have fun? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Think you had fun, (laughs) maybe. Well, once I sober up, maybe I'll be like, holy shit, you cannot publish any of that. But I had a grand old time drinking margaritas with my big sis. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LoveDrunkPod. Follow me on Instagram at OCharlotteRose, on Twitter at OCharRose. Do you have anything you'd like to plug, social media, etc.? Well, let's see. On Twitter, I'm CY underscore Quiz Machine. Mm-hmm. I don't do much on Twitter, but I'm more active on Reddit, where my user handle is Christine, with a C-H, Quiz Machine. All one word. Yes, all one okay, word. Very important. All one word. Christine Quiz Machine, all one word. I'll tell her to put a link in the description. Yes, of course. I will put a link in the description because you are not a super uh, Instagram user or Twitter. You're on Twitter occasionally. Occasionally. I don't know. I just, that I used to say that I didn't get on Twitter because there weren't enough characters. And now that they've given me enough characters, it's like, well, I don't have anything to say. She has no excuses. I was excuses. lying. I had nothing to she say. She has no excuses. I send you funny videos on Twitter and you never respond to them, even though you see them. I know you see them. I leave her on red. <laughs> she leaves me on red all the time. It's so rude. If you have an older sister, I'm sure you can relate. All right. Well, for the York sisters, for Christine and Charlotte, um, all I have to say, all I have left to say is be loved and stay drunk, my friends. We love you. Good night. Yes.